Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to breakfast and the class. Breakfast is sponsored and dedicating in loving memory of Naftali Gad. Alava Shalom, Lilui Nishmat, Naftali Ben Leah and Nisan Gad, beloved husband of Shifra Gad, father of Michael and Joseph Gad, Lili Ishai and Peggy Dahan. Uh, breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory of Ezra Sunny Cohen. Alava Shalom, Lilui Nishmat, Ezra Ben Regina, sponsored by his son Eli Cohen. Breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory of Ruth Jerome, Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Ruth Bat Farid, Alea Shalom, sponsored by her son Joey Jerome. Breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory of Victor J. Sabag, Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Haim Ben Farid, Alea Shalom, sponsored by his son Dr. Mitch Sabag. And finally, breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory and Lilui Nishmat Itzhak Yehuda Ben Sarah and Abraham, Alea Shalom, sponsored anonymously. Zaku Baruch to all the sponsors, and of course, yes, in response to many of the messages, you can send in sponsorships from uh, abroad for the class, not the breakfast. I mean, you can only eat the breakfast virtually, I guess. I see that there's one more sign, breakfast, that also dedicated loving memory of Bert Dweka, Lava Shalom, Nishmat, Avraham Ben Altun, sponsored by his granddaughter, Shirley Bennett. Okay, Rabotai, I want to talk to you about a very interesting phenomenon that takes place in the beginning of our parasha. It's actually something that we've described in another class, but in a very different way. The Torah tells us that the Jewish people are getting more and more and more populous in the, Jewish, in the, in the Egyptian country. And slowly but surely, not only are their numbers increasing, but also their influence is increasing. They're making a lot of money, they're doing deals, uh, they're buying pyramids. I'm not exactly sure what the real estate scene looked like back then. But either way, the point is, um, at, at a certain stage, uh, Paro calls in all of his advisors and he says, we have the, the Jewish problem. They need to find, Ya'ani, the final solution. This has been plaguing us since time immemorial. Okay, so I want to read to you, interesting how the Pesukim develop in, uh, in understanding it, and I want to illustrate a lesson, not just, excuse me, in, in uh, anti-Semitism, but also in many, in many, many other areas of life. So let's take a look at this together. The Pasuk says, after listing all the names of the Jewish people, it, te- it says that Yosef and all of his brothers have passed on, and now is the new generation of Jews, Generation X. They gave birth, they were plentiful, they were fruitful, they multiplied, they, uh, they, were, they became very, very strong. And the earth and uh, Egypt became filled with all of the Jewish people and of, of course their influence. Now listen to the Pitsukim here. A new king got up. That did not know Yosef. And he said to his people, They are greater, Rav, many, and stronger. So this is a people that have come in a minority that has now become not a minority, a majority, and a very, very strong uh, people in the, in the country. We best outsmart them. Because maybe they will become so many. When war will be waged against Egypt, they will add themselves upon our enemies. They will join the enemy. They'll defect to the enemy. And they'll fight with us. Sammy? And as our rabbis explained, is when a person doesn't want to say about himself, he's. He says it about other people. 
<clears throat> so what do we need to do? What do we, what's this plan we need to do? We described a little bit this idea about how we slowly turn them into slaves. But I want to focus on one other thing. First the Torah tells us, Vayakom melech hadash al-Misraim, Yosef. A king came upon Egypt that did not know Yosef. I want you to understand the depth of this pasuk. Because if we mine this pasuk, we learn some incredible things from it. There's a machloket in the Gemara between Rav and Shemuel. Rav says, Rav and Shemuel, one says, Yaakov Melech Adash, what does it mean? A new king. The other one died, literally. The new one came in, he didn't know Yosef. Sam, he says, like I agree with you, very hard to, to understand. What do you mean? The guy, he's just passed away. He changed the whole country. He turned Egypt into a regional superpower. Between the money and the influence, he, he indentured all the people of the country to the kingdom, to, to Egypt. This is a man who changed everything. What do you mean you didn't know Yosef? That's like me saying, uh, you know what, I just moved back to America. I never heard of Obama. I've only been here during, during Donald Trump. All I know is Trump. What do you mean all you know is Trump? Never heard of George Washington? You never heard of Abe Lincoln? You at least know the important people of your country, even if they lived hundreds and hundreds of years before. You learn and you go to England, even if you don't know anybody, you know Oliver Cromwell from the 1200s. You know? you know about Henry VIII because you learn about him in marriage classes. Either way, the point is, there's all these different things. There you go. There's only certain things. Sorry? Trump doesn't know about Obama. Trump makes himself like he doesn't know about Obama. Now, Rabotai, now listen to this. And I want to point this out. This is very important because you pointed something out very beautiful. Hold on. This is very important. So one opinion says, new king gets up. Doesn't know Yosef. How does he not know Yosef? The other opinion says, no, it's not a new king. That he had new decrees. And the new decrees indicated the subjugation of the Jews, the, uh, the intolerance, the anti Semitism. What did that speak of? It spelled that he didn't know Yosef. In either scenario, the king knew Yosef. What the Pasuk here is saying is, a new king got up on Egypt. What was his banner? What was his slogan? What was his sign that they hung up at the rallies? Lo yada et Yosef. He ran on a platform of not knowing Joseph. I'm not giving these people special treatment anymore. These people need to work for us. These people are the enemy, they're the devil, they're going to try and ruin us. If he remembered Yosef, what would he know about the Jews? That the only thing that Egypt had since the Jewish people got there was benefits. So in order to be able to do what he did, he had to erase from his memory, he needed to make sure that even if he heard of Yosef, he needed to make believe like he didn't exist. And in that you're right, Trump many ways ran on a platform I don't want to know anything that came before me. We're axing. As soon as I come into president, we're wiping, we're torching everything that was here before. Again, not to, I'm not in the, into the politics. I don't like talking politics. So whether a good thing, bad thing, you like him, you don't like him, that doesn't... Loma anyenoti, like we say in Japanese. Right? I don't really care about it. That's not really the point here. The point here is, in order to act the way that he does in Egypt, the new king, whether he's old or new, needs to walk in and say, I don't know anything. I never know what happened before. I'm just going to see things the way I see them now. 
Why is this such an important idea? This idea from anti-Semitism is such an important idea because it is not only the root of anti-Semitism, it's not only the root of racism and bigotry, Rabotai, this is the root of all machloket between people. And let me explain. Human beings, we like to think that we're very complex. If someone says, oh, I worked out, I figured you out. What do you first do? You look at the guy. You figure me out? You don't even know me. We don't like to be figured out. You don't have me figured out. What am I, I going to say next? The guy tells you, immediately, what do you think in your brain? You change your mind. Right? If you guys say, oh yeah, I'm thinking of a number between one and seven, you're thinking seven, which is the most common number, by the way. People think of when they think of a number between one and ten. How many of you thought seven? Anyone? I don't know if any of you thought. Okay, we had at least one. Hazi. <laughs> that was a pity raise of a hand by Rabbi Friedman. Thank you, Rabbi Friedman. Now listen to this. The, the idea here is, we don't want to be figured out. You, we like to think that we think we're in control. That we make our own decisions. But often, that's not the case. In a normal sequence, how do, how do I think I approach a scenario? I meet someone, first thing. Then, I have a story with that person. There's a story. Then, there's a reaction to the story. But social psychologists tell us that actually, that's not how human beings work. Human beings judge how they think about a person within less than one second. Milliseconds. Milliseconds. What do we do? What do they call them? They call them micro-expressions. I don't look if you're smiling or if you're, it's not smiling or frowning. There's a thousand shades between smile and frown. I look at your eyes. I don't even know that I'm doing this. My brain is computing. If your eyes are full of light, when someone smiles, your eyes start sparkling, right? Or if the eyes are down. I see when you look at me, you know, are there little lines right there by the side of your mouth? Are you, are they, is your mouth starting to turn up or is it tightening into a line? Are your hands like this guy over here? Folded, it means you're defensive from me. I don't even know who you are. That's why they say you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Why? That first impression, most times, people make snap judgments and snap decisions on people immediately. So it doesn't go introduction, story, reaction. It goes introduction, reaction, story. And then what happens after I decided I don't trust you, I see a story, and how do I interpret your story? However, however, I've made my judgment call. If I decide you're not trustworthy, and then I lend you money, and you don't pay me back on time, I don't say, oh, he lost the money in a business deal. I'll give him an extra week. I say, you see, I knew I was right. You know, there's an old song. It goes, when a man loves a remember that song? When a man loves a woman, she can do no wrong. If you decided you love her already, if she does something wrong, what do you say? Hazita, she had a rough day. You know, she had a bad upbringing. You know, means she meant the best. You know, I feel bad. What happens when you decide you don't like someone? It doesn't matter what they say, they can't do anything right. So one unbelievable insight. Here Paro is looking and trying to figure out, this new Paro walks in, he's trying to figure out, what do I do with these Jews? 
First things first, lawyer died to Yosef. He made a decision. <clears throat> I'm, in, I'm introducing my own power here. I'm walking into the situation, I'm in charge. I don't care who was before, I don't care who was here, I don't care who did me a favor, I'm in charge. You know, sometimes a guy is given a new, the, the reins to a company. He's the new boss in the, in the office. There is nothing worse to say to a new boss, well, the old boss used to. Now, just because you said that, he's going to do the opposite. Because he, in- he needs to institute. He needs to institute his own power. He needs to be the man of the house. Oh, God bless. Lots of people get married in a second marriage. Please, if you get remarried, never say, well, my first husband used to, ooh, Lee. Red flag to a bull. Oh, that's what he used to do. Maybe you should go back to him. Well, he's dead. I don't care. <laughs> right? People dig their heels in and they become petty. You make the decision first, and then whatever the story is, we match the story to our expectation. I still remember one of these magnificent uh, uh, examples. There was a young man <coughs> who was getting married. They called, they had a photographer at the wedding. And what's it called? And, uh, and, they, and they called a photographer to come to the wedding. All right, beautiful. Comes the day of the wedding. It's uh, 5 o'clock, time of the invitation. And the wedding photographer is not there. The Khatan Kala are sitting there. And the photographer is not there. They're losing their mind. They say, uh, where is the guy? It's, he's supposed to be here early, setting up. We're ready for pictures. Soon is the chuppah. The, I'm sure the husband asked the wife, is, this, is, this, what, is the photographer Syrian? Like they want to know how much longer they need to wait, right? No, he's not Syrian. He's Ashkenazi. He should have been here hours ago. <laughs> right? Here we are. They don't know what to do. Anyway, finally, 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 when does the photographer turn up? 6.15. The whole wedding has been delayed because the guy didn't turn up on time. They say to him, we have to go straight to the, to the Ketubah now. We had no time for family pictures. They're all yelling, screaming, yelling. And the way the guy, he gets a little red, but he doesn't say anything. Meanwhile, now they're all yelling. Look, see, he has nothing to say for himself. What a disgrace. We shouldn't pay him. On and on, they're yelling, throwing things at him, Yani. Finally, after the Chupah, is set after everything goes off. The guys now set up the pictures. They took a couple of family pictures. That's all they had time for. They decided that they're going to take family pictures after, Chatan Kala pictures after the Chupah, when everyone is kind of eating and relaxing and da 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 da. It'll take an hour. They'll go through the pictures quickly. They finished the entire pictures now. Everybody's done their smiles. Everyone has kind of got, got up closer. Everyone blinked when the photographer was taking the picture. Finally, 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 the last picture is taken. Now all the stress is released. Now we just have to go dance, okay? The photographer comes up to the Khatan, who's so angry, the family who's so angry, and he says, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to have a fight before your chuppah. But I just want you to know what happened. You ordered a photographer, the photographer was coming from far away, he got caught in traffic, he realized there's no way in the world he's going to make his flight, he's going to miss the whole wedding. 
He called me from the, from the traffic. He said, is there any way you could replace me at this wedding? I got the phone call, he says, after five o'clock p.m. I went, had my stuff, was back another, I drove an hour back to my office, got my stuff because I felt bad that you guys shouldn't have pictures for your wedding. I wasn't even supposed to come to your wedding as a photographer. Here they all look at the guy, he walks in late, immediately they decide the guy's a bum, he's disrespectful, he's not a professional, already they've ruined his career before, and this guy had that, closes his mouth the whole time, only in order to preserve the joy of the wedding. He only goes and explains himself if the last picture's been taken. I don't want to say anything until the last smile was smiled. Until the, but you should just know. If they would have given him the benefit of the doubt, if they would have waited for the story to play out, actually the result, the reaction would have been far different. What would they have said to him then? The reaction would have been, I can't believe it. You saved the day. So this guy, he's from hero, he goes to zero. Because they, they decided, they decided before they heard the story, what the story was. Rabotai, there's every, this experience takes place, not just between Jews and Gentiles, <coughs> not just between enemies and friends, it takes place between husbands and wives. It takes place between friends, between business partners. If you're in a fight with your wife, if your things are a little bit rocky, if maybe you said something, she said something, you immediately interpret that the next thing is actually the next move in the fight. But don't make up your mind so fast. And the message I want to share is let people surprise you. You know, there's a beautiful line the, uh, the, the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says, Hevedan et kol ha'adam zechut. You should judge every person favorably. But the words in Hebrew actually don't say that. If you wanted to say judge every person favorably, you should say, Hevedan et kol adam lekavzechut. Hevedan et kol ha'adam means judge the whole person. Et kol ha'adam, the whole of the person, the whole of the man. Judge all of him favorably. What, is that? what do those words mean, judge all of the man favorably? One interpretation is exactly what we're saying today. The only way a person could pass judgment is if they've taken time to screen, to understand, to meet the whole person. Not to look at a micro expression, one little line on the side of his eye. One, the absence of a tiny angle at the corner of his mouth. But rather, they sat to wait. Do I understand what's, what's going on? Where a person's coming from? Where, what his anxieties are? What his inferiority complexes are? Where he's coming? Etc., etc., etc. Once I've seen the whole person, then I can judge him favorably. Rabotai, I want to give you a beautiful remez uh, uh, um, for this in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created. Now we know the words Elohim. Whenever we use the names of God, they imply God in a different interaction. Whenever you see the word Elohim, what does it mean? It means God acting in judgment, in deen. Whenever you see the name Yud Ke Vav Ke, Hashem's name spelled out in a way we can't pronounce, Yud and then He and then Vav and then He, that means that Hashem is acting in mercy, in kindness, okay? But both of them are the same God, there's only one God, but 
it, it's God when God is being merciful or God when God is being sitting on the throne of judgment. You want to know what judgment is? Bereshit bara Elohim. If a person right in the beginning is judging, if a person is judging only by the beginning, that's Elohim, that's Deen. You want to know what kindness is? Kindness is when you actually have the patience to see the story through from beginning to the end. When a person does that, Rabotai, actually you'll realize that people will surprise you. Sometimes mistakes that you might make actually uh, uh, turn themselves around. And I'll end with this. A woman <clears throat> arrives home and she hears one of the kids screaming. And the kid says, Mommy, Mommy. You know, nothing a mother or father wants to come home to less than that. Kids shouting and screaming when you walk in the door. And the mother says, what's the matter? What are you screaming for? The mother's, the kid's like, David, David wrote on the wall. David wrote on the wall. The mother's like, what? How many times do you have to tell this kid? You're, she's running, she's already yelling, David, you're three years old. You're already a big boy. We only write on paper. What are we writing on the wall? She walks in and she sees the kid is standing there with the marker and he's crying his eyes out. And he's looking at his mother, he's looking, he's crying at his eyes, he's terrified. Then she looks up at the wall and what does she see? She, she's on the wall, David loves mommy. And the kid's sitting there shaking, holding the marker. The mom sits on the floor in, the, in her work clothes, she sits on the floor. She grabs her son and she sits and dries his tears and she starts crying herself. Abu Tai, when I heard the story, uh, what melted my heart was that the mother decided on that day that she was never gonna touch or clean that wall. Because here, she made this judgment already, her based on the second she walked in, she heard David wrote on the wall, she didn't ask, what did he write on the wall? Why did he write on the wall? 10 more seconds! And she wouldn't have screamed living daylights out of this kid who was only trying to show his mother a little bit of love. And yes, it might have been annoying. It might have been a thing. But where did it come from? What place did that come from? May Hashem bless us to have that patience. Because if you go by Bereshit, then that is, that is the creation of a judgment. Baruch Amen. Amen.